Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Good afternoon and welcome to SACPAW. I'm Mark Nelson and I'm today's moderator. Um, Today's topic is Alberta's looming water market. Is public consultation necessary? Alberta appears to be moving towards a serious water crisis. Climate change is causing rapid melting of the glaciers and decreasing snowpack on the eastern slope of the Rocky Mountains, the source of most of Alberta's water. Alberta has the fastest growing population in Canada, and this population is centered in the southernmost, southernmost driest region of the province. Industry and agriculture continue to thirst for more water and to expand their operations, but as rivers are beginning to decline, the water limits are becoming evident. Our Water Is Not For Sale is a working group that came together in 2010 when it became apparent the Alberta government was planning on changing Alberta's current water allocation system to a market-based system. The proposed water market system could give wealthy and powerful individuals and companies better access to control over Alberta's already overallocated water resources. The organization believes the, the proposed water markets could have insufficient conservation tools and would promote only the use of near of, of promote the use of only flowing water. The market system gives those with the most money, such as industry, including the oil and gas business, and large-scale agriculture, the ability to compete within within municipalities for water. This This could leave streams with a limited flow of water. Um, our speaker today is Kevin Force, and he's a water educator for the Sierra Club of Canada. He was active in student politics at the University of Alberta, and he worked to build an advocacy for progressive energy, trade, and water policies. He's passionate about environmental and social justice. Kevin is taking his talents and expertise to community groups in Alberta, building awareness about our water is not for sale network and how water in Alberta is affected by climate change, overallocation, and and future generations. He has a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and a Certificate of, of Globalization and Governance from the University of Alberta. Um, ask Kevin to come up now. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for coming today. Uh, again, my name is Kevin Forrest, and I'm here on uh, behalf of the Our Waters Not For Sale Network, as well as the Sierra Club Prairie Region of the Sierra Club of Canada. 
And we are here to talk about uh, the looming water crisis uh, and the proposed water markets and a little bit more beyond than just the necessary need for consultation. Um, so like uh, Mark said, uh, the Our Water is Not for Sale network came together in 2010 to challenge the idea that basically water markets are a good idea for this province. Uh, we feel that this is an inappropriate solution for addressing this growing water crisis, that it will, like uh, Ken said, put the uh, in, more power to the, the large industries and the power of wealthy individuals over the environment, over um, municipalities, over small farmers, and people who just can't compete in that type of system. So we feel that this system is flawed and that we need to look at alternatives. Um, so, a quick quote to start off and get the tone of today's uh, presentation. Um, we have been quick to assume rights to the use of water, but slow to recognize the obligation to preserve and protect it. And we feel this is the kind of way our government's been going forward and the way they've been acting with our water and the way that a water market would further deal with our water and is therefore inappropriate and unacceptable. I'm going to apologize because I'm going to be going through this fast because this presentation is usually closer to 45 minutes to an hour, so we're going to try to get to it as quick as we possibly can. Um, water is essential. Water is essential to life. Water is unique in many different ways. So we're just going to do a little exercise, and I just want you to shout out the answers as fast as you can. Very few things are wrong, so please just, please just go with me. Uh, what do we use water for? Just shout it out. Drinking. Drinking. Yeah. Hydration. Bathing, hygiene, cleaning, absolutely. Some more, some more. Agriculture. Agriculture. That's a huge user right there. Absolute industry. Recreation. Recreation. Yeah. Any a couple more I can think of. Power, lawns. Well, um, yeah, that's that's almost all of them. Um, one other one that we maybe we didn't come up with. Uh, well, we kind of talked about energy extraction, uh, but also. Spiritual needs, that's another important one. Lots of uh, cultures, water is very important. Um, so as we can see, we use it every day, all the time. We need it. Um, it's essential. Water is life. So that brings us to a problem because Alberta is in a water crisis. Uh, there's three main elements to this water crisis. One is our dwindling supply due to climate change as we have... Uh, increasing temperatures, we're seeing increased levels of evaporation, declining uh, glacier melt, as well as uh, declining precipitation. So we have less water overall. The second element of that is uh, we have, um, and actually, so first I'm going to talk about most of our water here, as we talked about, does come from the Rocky Mountains. So that's this area right here all along the, the western side of the province. Not, over 90% of our water generally comes from this region. So um, with the decline in precipitation in that region, with the decline and in increased temperatures, that's why our water is declining. Um, so this, and the other thing that uh, is important to notice in this uh, picture is this South Saskatchewan River Basin, which I think most people in this room should be very familiar with because you all live in it. Uh, this is a highly stressed water basin. There's entirely too much water being uh, taken out of this basin, um, going to various uses. The South Saskatchewan, the Bow River, these are some of our most over-allocated and uh, stressed 
uh, water systems in the province. And that's leading to an unhealthy ecosystem. That's leading to an uh, unstable environment, uh, unstable water supply for people. So this is a major concern, and we're going to be talking about it more. Uh, so like I was talking about climate change, uh, this is just a little illustration of kind of the interconnectedness of our declining availability of water. Uh, as we have less water coming from our river systems, from the mountains, from our glacier melt, from our precipitation, uh, we're seeing a, dec uh, a decline in the health of uh, animal habitats. We're seeing uh, we're, it's impacting our available water for agriculture. We're seeing less predictable uh, flooding patterns. Uh, we're seeing increased levels of drought. And then two major things is also it's impacting our reliability of our groundwater. And groundwater and river water are fundamentally connected. Um, when you take from one, you impact the other. And that's another major source of water in southern Alberta that's not well uh, sufficiently understood and doesn't have sufficient controls on it currently. Um, and so... All that also impacts fundamentally our drinking water or the water that we use every day for bathing, for all these other things we talked about. And so that, that, that connection needs to be understood. Um, so another element of our water crisis is this over-extraction. We're using water, like we talked about, for all these things, but we're using it in really inefficient ways most of the time. Um, we have these really inefficient lifestyles. We use 329 liters on average a day per Canadian. This is a huge amount of water. Um, we use water in all our industries, massive amounts of water used for agriculture. Agriculture is one of our largest consumers of water uh, in this province. It, it, it's, it's our largest single consumer. Um, we use it, but also we use it in energy extraction. We use it in uh, cattle and feedlot. Um, all, the, all these different kind of aspects of our, of, our, of our economy are using massive amounts of water so we really need to be cognizant of where that water is going. And this graph um, from the government's own website kind of helps illustrate that. And as you can see down at the bottom here, irrigation is the main use of our water. Um, over, there's over two, uh, 200,000 uh, square hectares of irrigated land in Alberta. Alberta has the 66% uh, of Canada's uh, irrigated land. This is when we only have 2.2% of Canada's fresh water. So we're, this is a problem. Um, but the other element uh, that we should talk about here on this graph is the line cooling. And because this is a big issue for Alberta. Does anyone know what that refers to? Just shout it out if you do. It's coal powered fire, or coal power plants, coal fired power plants. And these power plants use a huge amount of water um, for cooling their systems, for generating power, for creating steam. Uh, so this is, while this is not necessarily an entirely consumptive use of water, this is another major source of our water use. But the main point I want to get to is between um, irrigation, cooling, and all these kind of other uh, aspects down on the bottom side of this graph, it represents industry. And in Alberta, we have over 75% of our water goes towards uh, non-human uses. So that means we're only preserving 25% of water for drinking, for bathing, for um, growing our vegetables in our gardens, at our houses, or whatever, for, for our human uses. So this, this prioritization 
is is questionable. Where, why are we prioritizing our water for a lot of these inefficient and um, toxic uses? So these are some questions we need to ask, and we can talk about them at the end. Um, so the third pillar of our water crisis is our growing, our increasing levels of contamination, and this diagram uh, or image kind of helps illustrate that. Uh, we have continued levels of or increased levels of contamination and runoff coming from our cities, from our communities. We have runoff coming from our agriculture. We have pesticides and um, fertilizers running off constantly. We have uh, manure and all sorts of animal products coming from feedlots as well as fields, often they're, they're butt right up to the edge of our rivers. We have um, all sorts of wastes, as well as uh, coming from our pollution coming from our air from uh, uh, that's being uh, emitted through our industry. Um, we have so we have all these forms of contamination that enter our water stream and accumulate in our rivers, and our rivers become increasingly toxic as they flow down the stream. Downstream, and this is exacerbated by the problem when we have a declining level of available water in our rivers due to climate change. So this is a big problem. So now you know we have a water crisis. So how are we, what's our current system of allocation uh, and wh why is it problematic? Um, well, our current system is based on the uh, 1894 Northwest Water Irrigation Act, which was designed basically to encourage uh, Europeans to move out to Alberta to settle and develop this land uh, into the country we now know as Canada. Um, well, this system developed into what's called the first-in-time, first-in-right system, uh, which many people refer to as FIT-FIR. And basically, that system uh, means that those who came first in time have priority right to their water. So if you got an, al an allocation in 1900 and someone got theirs in 1901, you get to use the entirety of your allocation before they get to use theirs if there's uh, limitations on the water. Now, that's not a problem when there's lots of water. But as we talked about, climate change and uh, over-extraction as well as uh, contamination are creating this water crisis. So now we are re reaching the limits of this system. So we do need a new system. We agree that's something we can agree with the government on. Um, so... What happened um, in the 1990s is there was a review of uh, the, the current system, and this has developed what's uh, now called the 1999, 1999 uh, Water Act. And so that's the current kind of legislation that governs our water system, but it, it upholds the principles of the fit first system. So there's some problems with the current system. Uh, like I talked about, junior licenses have no water security in the um, in this current system, uh, so that's a problem because a, lo a lot of communities and a lot of uh, more recent farmers have junior, junior licenses, so this is a problem, at least for them. Um, there is no prioritization in this system for human needs or, or for clean water users or for the environment. Um, there's no water set aside that says uh, that drinking water, or the, no, there's no legislation that says drinking water is more important than fracking, than um, a feedlot. And we feel that this is a fundamental flaw of, of the current legislation and the proposed new system.
Um, so science recognizes that uh, streams need a certain amount of water um, to ma maintain the healthy ecosystem. And there's no legislation that seriously enforce the policies uh, of maintaining healthy ecosystems uh, under this system. So again, this is another flaw. Um, we need to have healthy ecosystems. We need to maintain that quality of water. And, this, and the current system doesn't do that. Um, First Nations, who were here before the settlers, uh, were not included in this system. Um, their, their treaty rights are continuing to be ignored, that w which is connected to their water rights. Um, so again, this is another major flaw and a, another um, unacceptable reality of the current system. So we feel that all these problems combined with the poor enforcement of the rules that currently exist around the environment and around uh, the uh, using, using of your allocation make this system very un uh, unacceptable. So we do need to move forward with a new system. And we do need change. Now, uh, what's the government proposing then? The government is proposing a water market. The Alberta government, sorry. And yeah, we'll just maintain questions to the end, but yeah, we are talking about the Alberta government. Um, so in 1999, like I said, the Alberta government introduced the uh, Alberta Water Act, and this opened up uh, the water system to uh, water transfers, which wasn't a real big deal um, in 1999, uh, but in uh, 2006, the government placed a moratorium on new licenses in the South Saskatchewan River Basin, which is this basin that we, uh, everyone in this room is probably from. Um, so that means that you can't go outside of the uh, to get you can't get your your license anywhere else because there are new no no new licenses now. So if you want to get water, you have to now go to the market if you live in the South Saskatchewan River Basin. Um, so this is Canada's first water market. Um, it's not province-wide. It is restricted to just the South Saskatchewan River Basin. Um, but it does has set the precedent. So what are the reasons for concern? Uh, well, we're commodifying uh, what's arguably uh, a commons, uh, that we're selling the right to use water, um, turning water from being something that was shared, owned by the public through the government into something that's now owned by private individuals. Um, so taking that, the, the decision-making power away from, from the government, from, from the people, and putting it into private hands. Um, and these licenses, well, they were given away for free at no cost or minimal cost to the people, are, are, uh, are now being given to, the, to these these lucky few who happen to have these licenses. So again, this is a problem. Um, an analogy we often like to use is this, is, is think about going to the library. And you know everyone has a right to use a book. And then when they're done with that book, they return that book. But if you brought a market system into that book, if you happen to have a book out from the library um, at that time, you get ownership of that book. And now if anyone else wants to use that book, they have to come and pay you to use that book, as opposed to the system that we had before that allowed everyone to gain access to that system um, with certain limitations, with certain requirements they need to meet. I feel this is a problem. 
Um, again, uh, the current uh, system and the proposed system uh, leaves social environmental needs to be determined by the market. Now, uh, the Our, Our Water is Not for Sale network feels that uh, the municipalities and the environment uh, and the small farmers are not going to be able to compete with the large industries, uh, with the agri-industry, with the oil and gas. They, we're just, they're just not going to have the deep pockets to necessarily deal with these situations to be able to compete on this market. So this is not a fair market. It's not an, op uh, an op fair open market. So this is, again, another concern. Kind of just summed that up. Um, and again, water water uh, will go to the highest bidder, not to the public interest. So we're going to see these, like I talked about, the, uh, the the municipalities, the environment, the uh, the small farmers outbid and just excluded from really acting in this market. I skip that. Um, so what has happened so far on this uh, process? Uh, in 2008, the Alberta government uh, environment minister, Rob Brenner, announced that he was going to review and update the Alberta water allocation uh, system. And so, I mean, we can directly quote him. The water allocation system that we have in place needs to be reviewed. I can agree with that. Um, so, but unfortunately, the process that's being followed thus far has been uh, pretty much undemocratic and has been a top-down decision-making uh, process. Uh, and so here's a direct quote again. Uh, Come odd, August or September, I'll have enough of an idea on the direction we want to go that we'll put together a document that will become the focus for the public consultations. It's important that the people have something specific to comment on. So instead of including us asking us what we would like to see in a system, a water management system, the government's proposing to come up with a system, let us give nod our, or give our stamp of approval, say, yeah, it's okay, but I still have these concerns. But, um, but basically all we're getting is the chance to, to say, okay, go ahead with it. So we feel this is again, undemocratic, that it's being imposed on the public, that we should have the right to comment, the right to help decide what is going to be in our water management system and what, the, what are our social priorities as, a, as Albertans, as a province. And we, we've been excluded from that so far. Um, so the government has gone forward with saying that uh, the only policy option really is this market solution again. So instead of sitting down and looking at a whole range of policy options, the government is saying the market is the way to go. And again, we feel this is highly problematic. Um, so what the government did to develop their position on why the market is the solution is basically they asked for these three bodies to develop um, reports and submit them to the government. Um, one is the minister's advisory group. Uh, which is probably the arguably the most important, uh, which was made uh, heavily represented by industry, uh, lawyers, and academics, uh, which were hand-selected by the government to generate a report and basically say markets are the way to go forward. So we feel there's some bias there. Um, the Alberta uh, Water Council, uh, What's Up team, uh, and the Alberta Water Research Institute uh, are both... Uh, well, the, sorry, the Alberta Water Research Council is a hand-length uh, government 
think tank that is entirely funded by the government that has a mandate to basically promote and pursue and develop mechanisms um, that would commoditize water and uh, bring water to market in Alberta. So we feel that there's, again, a bias in the decision and uh, policy suggestions coming from that body. Uh, and finally, the Alberta Water Research Institute, which is, again, developing policies solely focused on market solutions. Um, while there was some representation from uh, environment groups, and the Indigenous voice was entirely excluded, and their policy suggestions were not um, entirely agreed on by the, the groups of people represented there. So their suggestions are and proposals, again, we feel... We're heavily uh, represented by industry and heavily influenced um, by lawyers and economists and doesn't actually bring a full comprehensive voice to this discussion. And so just to give a little support to that, um, let's look at the Alberta Water Council's uh, mandate. To review the water allocation transfer system to ensure a viable market that moves water to support a sustainable or sustainable economic development. That's pretty clear, um, that they're, they're not, not concerned about social priorities, they're not concerned about the environment. This, this is about economics. So what did the experts say? Um, what were some of the suggestions that they made? And um, Well, first of all, they said, let's maintain the principles of fit first. So let's keep those senior licenses and those junior licenses. So that's a problem in itself. We already talked about why. Um, we can protect water. Uh, we'll do it through water conservation orders. Um, so these are kind of policies that would basically set water conservation limits at what's basically economically sustainable, not what's environmentally sustainable, but what's kind of going to be like, what can we as a group of concerned individuals and economic interests decide is a safe uh, water level? And we're it's not, it doesn't set aside water as a priority. It's not going to set aside water based on scientific um, minimums. It's, it's basically saying that we will, we will save some water, but we're going to do it through economic means. So it talks about using um, uh, water holdbacks. So there's going to be uh, like ten, there's potential for these 10% holdbacks on water exchange. So every time you do a trade, they can hold... 10% of that water back if they choose. But again, that's going to be up to the minister's discretion. It's not going to be required on all trades. And uh, as itself is an ineffective mechanism for actually maintaining uh, the health of our ecosystems. Um, so again, uh, another problem. Uh, so water licenses become private property. Uh, that they're, these are what water is a public good. It's still owned by the government, but fundamentally the right to use that water now becomes an exchangeable commodity that, again, has all the problems that uh, we talked about that are going to exclude those that don't have the deep pockets to compete in that system. Um, so it also talks about setting up private brokers. These are basically real estate agents dealing with water. As uh, I don't know if anyone's paid uh, a $12,000 real estate fee recently and was entirely happy with that. So this is another element that's going to contribute to uh, increasing water costs that are going to uh, hurt and exclude those uh, that are least able to compete in this system. So there's another concern there. 
uh, the tiered review process that the government's proposing, which is basically there's going to be two classifications of water exchange. Uh, and the one is going to be for large or for small allocations, which are basically going to have no process of review on it. So basically, if you want to make a water trade uh, and it's considered to be within that range, okay, go for it, no problem. Um, the second is for slightly larger or the larger size water uh, exchanges. And uh, this is, again, going to basically uh, be put up to the minister's discretion. Uh, so he can give a stamp of approval and basically say, okay, it's no problem, go ahead with it. Um, so as part of that, is they're going to remove the... Um, the water management plans that have in the past been part of this exchange program. Um, so we're going to move forward with, there's not going to be the need for a water management plan. You, if you can validate, give a, uh, what they would call an acceptable reason for this trade, uh, rubber stamp approved exchange. Um, so again, what this is doing is deregulating and removing um, the enforcement mechanisms that have, are currently protecting the, um, or limiting the exchange process. Um, so, unfortunately, this we, this is highly problematic. We don't have the regulations. We don't have the controls. Uh, we don't have a government that has priorities on protecting uh, the environment or uh, human needs. So, this again, this is a series of problems. Uh, so, again, uh, the problems with this current system, again, uh, are very basically the same as the problems we talked about with the original system, except for exacerbated by the ones in the market. Which I already talked about them, so I'm just going to uh, speed through them. Um, another problem with this proposed system is it doesn't uh, uh, incentivize clean water users. It doesn't de-incentivize dirty water users. So... Uh, we're not going to encourage the development of clean water technologies of, of industries that use less water. We're going to continue the status quo of encouraging industries that have high consumption and high contamination of our water, our limited water resources, while um, forcing limiting the availability of water for um, startup industries, for these new industries, the alternative industries. So again, this is highly problematic. <coughs> Um, but don't just take my word for it. Here's a quick, few quick quotes. Um, so the MAG report talks about abolishing the requirement to have a water management plan approved by the cabinet uh, before water uh, transfers are allowed. Um, so that's directly from the Ministry of Advisory's report saying, let's get rid of these regulations. A couple other ones basically say the same thing. Uh, so what are higher value uses? Well, According to the government, uh, higher value uses are ones that transfer into a higher gross domestic product or more money that circulates in a community, more tax dollars, etc. It doesn't necessarily mean organic farms, local communities, the environment, um, water for human rights or for municipal needs. Uh, I'm going to go over. Uh, or it, it means... It's good. It basically means moving it to large industries. Uh, so that means, how do we expect oil and gas and uh, domestic farms to be able to compete on the same level? Ask yourself that question, realistically. So there's a few myths that are being perpetuated here. Uh, 
water markets could increase GDP, and that can only be good for society. Well, there's a lot of things that are good for, are good for the GDP. Car accidents, um, oil spills, tornadoes. There's an assumption here that's being made that is flawed. I'm, I'm going to whip through this as fast as I can, because I know everyone's hungry, but I've got a few more slides. Uh, another myth, uh, water markets encourage wants water conservation. Well, that's not true. Um, water, uh, water markets actually encourage the use of water, uh, sleeper water rights that have not been used in the past but are owned by someone. And then when, when this thing has a value, well, then they want to sell it because uh, now it's worth something. But in the past, that water has been some of the water that's been already over-allocated but has been left in the system, so has allowed that system to maintain a certain level of, uh, of health, of the, meeting those inflow needs of our rivers. Um, but I'm the, Our Water's Not For Sale uh, is not the only group here that's concerned. Uh, the Conference Board of Canada has also raised some major concerns about this proposal. Uh, so here's a few direct quotes. Uh, greater use of uh, water markets or principles may end up excluding certain water users from access. Significant increases in prices can be expected as water markets uh, establish themselves. Trade agreements may propose significant risks, which is an issue I'd like to talk about more, but we're running pretty much out of time. Um, so basically, summarize this up by saying... We've been far too uh, willing to gamble with a few things that are precious and irreplaceable. And we feel that that's what this water market is going to do. It's going to exacerbate the current problems. It's not going to address the issues of, of, of the growing water crisis. And that's why the Our Water's Not For Sale uh, network is here to ask for your support. If you're interested, there's materials out front that you can pick up that you can read about uh, some of these issues in more detail. Um, this information is also available on our website. Um, which is ourwatersnotforsale.com, which I just want to give to you guys. So if you, need, if you want more information on some of this stuff, please check out some of these websites. There's lots of great information. Um, I'll be here to answer some of the questions at the end. And thank you for listening, and enjoy your lunch. Thank you.